To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store-bought tan, flip-flops and cut-off jeans. Somewhere between that set and the sun, I'm on fire, I'm born Welcome to Franklin Community High School for our Inside Franklin Athletics podcast, also known as, known as Yet to Be Named because we're trying to figure out a name. I am Brian Powers. My co-host, Chaz Hill, is not here yet. We do not know where he is. He clicked yes on the accept invite and is not here. But we have with us the man of the hour, Mr. Zach DeWitt, head coach of the Franklin Community High School renowned swim team. How are you this morning, this whatever, this afternoon? This afternoon, I'm pretty cold. It's a little cold in this building, but not too bad. Yeah, not bad at all. How, how about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. But it's not about me. It's about you. So uh, first things first, this weekend you have the state, girls' state swimming championships. Who's in? Who's going? How are they looking? Okay. We're going um, to win team-wise. Sounds weird. I've, I've got to break this down by lineup in my head. But um, the medley relay, it's uh, – Backstroke is Allie Lacey, Cabrilla Chapman. We've yet to decide on our um, flyer. We'll have a swim off for that spot today. Oh, you couldn't break that here? Uh, yeah, we're going to have to figure it out today at practice. Um, and then Gracie Payne normally anchors that thing. And uh, 200 free, we've got Sarah Hoffman, 200 IM. We've got uh, Allie Lacey, 50 free. We've got three girls, uh, two seniors, uh, as Bella Ratzlaff and uh, Lucy Ho. And then uh, Gracie Payne. Uh, that's the first time we've ever put three girls in one event. Um, we've got a 100 freestyle, which is Gracie Payne. Uh, we've got one girl on the 500. Um, that's Sarah Hoffman. 200 free relay. Should be three seniors and a junior. Gracie Payne, uh, Lucy Ho, Bella Ratzlaff, and uh, Sarah Hoffman. Uh, we've got a backstroker, freshman Allie Lacey. And then breaststroker, we got two girls, uh, Bella Ratzlaff and then Cabrilla Chapman. And then 400 freestyle relay will be um, – Let's see, Allie Lacey, Bella Ratzlaff, Lucy Ho, and Allie Lacey. So um, I'm not sure how many girls that is. That's all the events represented. It's impressive that you knew that. Like, I, I'm, I mean, you are the head coach, so you should know that. But just to rattle that off, that's pretty good. You know, similarly, I'd like to think if you ask a football coach what's this, you know, starting lineup, I'm pretty sure that they can give you a – Chaz has well, no listen, idea. Chaz uh, has no idea. <laughs> uh, Mr. DeWitt, Chaz Hill. Nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you, too. We probably crossed paths at some point, but I don't think we've ever been formally introduced to each yep. other. Wow, this is interesting. Yeah. Break it. Just, just two guys meeting. Well, the way they have this building segmented. Yeah. That's yeah. what the podcast can do. Bring people yeah, together. This podcast brings people together. Mm-hmm. I like exactly. it. Exactly. So. I like the segment. So I keep to my own kind, which is uh, foreign language folk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, so one thing that uh, that – I would like to talk to you about. It's, yeah. it's awesome that you you're going this uh, this weekend and you've got everyone coming there. And obviously, the past couple of years uh, have just been phenomenal for you as a coach, as a program, boys and girls. And you've got um, a great group, not only seniors but underclassmen. You're well mixed. I, how did you do that? Like how 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 do you get the program from where it was, which has always been pretty solid to where it is now which is i mean top three in the state consistently 
Um, so where did, where did you start? How did this all happen? That's an incredibly loaded question. Um, <laughs> that's why we've got 45 minutes. Uh, in 2012, I was a middle school head coach. Um, now, I was, did you swim growing up? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm from Martinsville, Indiana. I went to IU. Um, wasn't that great of a swimmer. I sometimes think that that aids me because – uh, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in the sport, so I had no preconceptions on how to do this or how to do that. Um, but in terms of like how I ended up here, 2012, uh, I had a pretty close relationship with the guy at the time, Brett Finley. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He called me, said he was going to be vacating. He suggested that that I took this. I'm not really sure why they took the time to even interview me, quite frankly, because like I said, I was just a, a 22-year-old uh, middle school coach. Yeah. Um, luckily, I knew the AD here at the time, which was Kip Stacks. He's a Martinsville guy, and so I'm a Martinsville guy. So uh, I got I got lucky um, in terms of them putting me in this position. In terms of like how do you build a program, I, I probably focused an obscene amount of time on the age group program at that time, like making sure that we were doing things right from – we call eight to 18, but really at that time we were really more focused on eight to 14. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I, I mean, I was putting in roughly 14 hour days every single day the first three years I was here, uh, just trying to build a program. And of course the younger kids got better and better and better. And I knew that would kind of matriculate into our high school program over time. So I think if you'd probably look back at the results, we started seeing some in year three and year four, it really started taking off. Uh, you know, of course, two years ago, our boys got second, our ladies got fourth. Last year, we got second and second, our state runner up to Carmel, um, which I have no shame in admitting that. It's one heck of a program. Um, but I don't know. The, the answer is a lot of time, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of good people, um, a lot of parents that were willing to buy in, um, make, make commitments for their kids in terms of getting them here early before school, after school, and then on my own personal end. A uh, large investment of time and 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 resources. So, yeah, okay. do you think that you're? How about, well, first off, how how long were you working in a middle school program before you got the head coaching position here? Um, for four years, I was at Martinsville. Um, basically, I was living in Bloomington. I was driving up to Martinsville uh, once a day for practice, uh, which is kind of a unique uh, work balance life there between being a student, doing student teaching, and then, of course, running that program there. Um, so four years, and that was enough to get that off the ground. We built a program there from, like, I don't know, maybe 20 kids to about 100 before I left. Um, since gone down quite a bit. But nevertheless, like, that was kind of the track and I guess the reason why they had any reason to buy in. So with swimming, uh, it's it's that's more – that's a lot – that's a lot – closer to like a cross country or track, which is more what I'm more familiar with as a coach. So how do you balance like athletes who do multiple sports and, um, and, and ones who swim all year? Because it, in swimming, um, it's a lot, if, if you are gone, you lose a lot more than you would in other sports. I would probably agree. I don't know if due to like the aquatic environment, I'm not sure if, uh, that many athletic abilities like translate to and from, yeah. um, don't get me wrong, better athletes make better swimmers, I'm sure of that. Um, but in terms of, like, how do we balance that, We our program basically runs 48 weeks out of the year, um, regardless whether we're in season or out season. Like, schedule's largely the same. And so depending on what people do, um, whether they're coming in during the spring or they're coming in during the fall, um, you know, a lot of times the, the schedule's relatively similar to when they would be if we were swimming in season in terms of high school swimming. Um, 
Uh, the, I'd say the largest uh, thing that we notice is a lot of times if you're in a fall sport um, and then you come to us in November at that time, largely the most, most of the team is in phenomenal shape by that point in time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times there's a bit of a curve, probably about a month, month and a half, where they, they normally don't perform very well. Uh, generally speaking, they're a little beat down uh, physically. Um, and then so we, we need to bring them up a little bit slower. We call it on-ramping the athlete, but um, – I don't know if we've ever mastered the perfect way to do that. So what you're saying is that uh, after the boys' state here in a couple of weeks, I'll have two weeks to myself in the morning, the weight room. Um, yeah, you'll have two weeks. <laughs> uh, and and honestly, good. you can do a lot in two weeks. Chris gets Chris is getting in there now, so mm-hmm. it's me. And I, I've noticed that he's uh, he's kind of working around our schedule as well. We actually will probably. It's kind of a a unique year because we've got an Olympic year, and uh, Kate Oliver's got a shot. Uh, He should qualify for the Olympic trials, which is a pretty big deal. Um, He's not probably Kate Oliver. He's a junior here. Uh, He's a backstroker. Um, He's pretty pretty special athlete, but nevertheless, like he's got high aspirations. And in terms of like making the Olympic team, that's a little ridiculous. So he's going to qualify for the trials. Yeah, fantastic. How many qualify like across the country? uh, About seven hundred total. So, but that's like um, you know that's including any collegiate age kids, Mm -hmm. Um, and then additionally, um, you know, the quote unquote professional swimmers are the people that do it post post grad. Mm -hmm. Wild. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Did not know that. So was he? Uh, so moving, kind of switching gears to the boys. How's the boys' season been so far? Um, this is a certainly different crew for me. Um, I joke with them all the time. It's probably the most immature crew I've ever had in terms of just the way they act. Um, you know, doesn't really matter what it is. Is whether it's a throwing kickboard or thinking it's funny to clog the the drains and flood the locker rooms. You know, just just typical <laughs> little boy things that somehow have matriculated into high school. But sounds, uh, sounds sounds funny. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, it sounds <laughs> it hilarious. Does, it does. That, it's that one of those things where, like, you're and you're going to say no because people will hear this, but where you see it done and you're like ticked, but in your head you're like, no, oh, that's. I, I thought it was pretty funny. I was wearing dress shoes, so I opened the door, and then water came spilling out of the room. And I was like, and of course, they just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. But that—that's like that's a small anecdote that's kind of indicative of our entire season. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty talented kids, and and they're really super likable. Uh, they just uh, have a tendency to lose their focus at times, and so uh, I've had to keep my thumb on them a little bit more than the boys' teams in the past, but they're starting to come around. We're, we're really starting to hit our stride the last probably two to three weeks, um, which it normally doesn't take that long for a high school team because I've had so much time with them in the fall, but uh-huh. this year's been a bit bit different in that regard, but I'm pretty excited about where, where their season's headed. Gotcha. So what what would be like a typical week as a swimmer in your program? Like, um, it really I depends. know it's going to vary between off-season and, yeah. and season. So. Well, it kind of depends on whether you take weights class. But let's say that um, – let's say you're in weights class. You have three mornings a week, um, and those mornings are Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. If you don't have weights, then it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday mornings. And then, of course, every day after school. Friday's practice is just a wee bit shorter um, so they can have some semblance of a of – a, um, a social life, and then a Saturday morning. So I guess all in all, what is that, 10 practices um, yeah. if you're going full bore? And um, and obviously, like, the commitment's pretty high around here. It's gotten a lot better over the years, and so that's normally probably pretty standard. Yeah. Is it easier now uh, that you've gotten kind of a program going to be able to 
<clears throat> tell because I'm sure when that first started and you first started going, you know, ten practices a week and you got four mornings, there was some was there probably some pushback, but now it's kinda like, Oh, you don't want to do it? Right, let's Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's a wonderful question. Um, yeah, I would say it has gotten a little bit easier to, to sell the Kool-Aid, uh, so to speak. Um, the only difference is I, I thought it would get infinite, infinitely easier or exponentially easier as we went on. And the truth is, like, I still fight the same battles. Um, and I thought that for whatever reason that at some point I could just point to, you know, plaques or trophies or say and, and, and get that kind of buy-in. But that's not necessarily the case. You, what I found is you're always going to have that contingent I would say probably 30 to 40 percent of of people that you're probably going to have to push um Mm -hmm. but yeah I would say like it's gotten maybe 20 percent easier but not not as drastic as I thought it would be yeah huh is there still uh because you talked a lot about you know building the program from like the ground up including like the you know the middle school and then younger ages and stuff like that now that they've kind of seen like what can happen if you do buy in Mm -hmm. is it a little bit easier that they might show up kind of knowing like kind of the expectations of being a part of this program. Yeah. Abs- kind of gotten abs- a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we, I think this morning we had probably 13 middle schoolers come mm-hmm. to morning practice this morning. And so like, I don't know what that's like comparison to any other sport in swimming. Like if you're a top tier program, that's probably a pretty average number, but in, in the grand scheme of commitment amongst like other sports, I'd say that's pretty impressive. Um, and so, yeah, of course, those kids look up to uh, somebody like uh, Jacob DeStramp last year who won three state titles, and, and absolutely the vision is there. Like if, if you commit to our program and, and you're willing to work hard and be coachable, um, that kind of future is certainly possible, whether that's uh, you know, swimming at a Division One collegiate university or whether that's being, becoming a state champion or anything in between. Like the, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. So I, I would say yes for the younger classes. And we've got a pretty robust age group program uh, at this point. I'd say probably about 100 kids anyways. What's your control on that? Like as far as the the younger program, the, the younger kids and everything, what's your, like do you have total control of that? Or is that kind of like, here's what I think we should do? How are you as far as, are you a micromanager? Are you a control freak? In the words of Emperor Palpatine, I am the Senate. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I am the Senate. No, all jokes aside. Um, <laughs> I, I am. All I, jokes it, aside. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all true. Me. Yes. It's, no, no. Um, I, I've got a good, good crew of people. We've got about four coaches that kind of help me out in terms of like, what do we believe in and what's our vision and, and what do we need to accomplish? Um, like per season, I would say I've got a decent amount of control under that. But in terms of day-to-day operations, um, very rarely do I stay after anymore. Um, like I told you, my, my first four years, I was actually coaching a group of middle schoolers every single day um, for four years straight. And then I kind of gave that up. But I've, I've got a good crew. Um, I, I say after if I've got a coach that's sick or somebody out or they need coverage or something like that, um, and sometimes celebrity coaching is the best kind of coaching because the little kids tend to think because I coach high schoolers, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a professional. I'm yeah, the real deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so that's a little fun, but, um, all in all, like day to day, not, a, not as much, um, in terms of mission statement, vision, what we believe in, this is what we're going to do. This is what we, our expectations are. This is how much we should practice it per age. Like I've got a great deal of control of that kind of stuff, but day to day, not much. Yeah. I can vividly remember like, cause I played football growing up and that, and that kind of stuff. I can remember like the, the high school camp 
yeah. that the the high school the high school team put on like during the summertime and like the high school coaches were there and the, the drills were run by them and the high school players and like oh my goodness they're they're professional athletes yeah, looking up at them and you like, get you probably great. got their autograph on some oh, yeah, high school absolutely. poster yeah. Yeah. i know absolutely. what you mean yeah, I got that when uh, our when Franklin won the sectional championship. I remember when I was like in eighth grade, I went and got all their autographs. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing mm-hmm. ever. I don't yeah. blame you. I'm, I'm surprised I don't still if have. We won it. a sectional championship. I'll be getting their their autographs. <laughs> I'll be doing it. I'm a grown man. <laughs> um, so, what's kind of your vision, I guess, going forward? What are some of the goals you have? Because, I mean, you've gotten second the past. You got second last year, both teams, and, I mean, you're a competitor. So you've got to look at Carmel and say, let me tell you, they may have won. How many have they won in a row? And girls, this will be their 34th year. Um, 34th year in a row, that's the long, longest active winning streak of any sport, <coughs> event, either gender. That's um, uh, 10 years older than I am, yeah. so keep track at home. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a long streak, and, um, you know, that's pretty difficult to, to, to beat. And then um, – I think their boys have probably won like eight out of the last ten state titles. Um, it's it's a pretty well-oiled machine. They've yeah. got incredible consistency. I think that's probably the number one thing you need is coaching consistency and consistency and vision. Um, any coach that tells you otherwise, and, and I'm not familiar uh, with other sports and how they're going to run their programs, but I think that they would probably echo those sentiments. Um, the second piece – uh, same journey we've been on since the very beginning. Like we've got to be better than everyone else at relationships. Uh, it's when you're operating a school of this size, we can't afford to lose kids. Um, whereas maybe you could write somebody off at, at a school like Carmel or Southeastern or Fishers or something like that. Um, we can't afford to do that. So we need to bat a thousand. And, um, the only way you do that is through relationships. Um, our, our vision is to be the best program in the state and, unfortunately right fortunately and unfortunately like a rising tide rises all ships and um or raises all ships but carmel is not only the best high school program in the state but obviously in order to beat them you'd have to probably become the best high school in the nation mm-hmm. uh, yeah so um consistency relationships and then the second piece is uh, like continuing to build the, the age year program to where like when they when they come to freshman year they know what's expected and they know how to take that next step um but we're a lot closer, you know, now than we were five years ago. And yeah. five years ago, we were closer than we were 10 years ago. So it's, it's just process. Unfortunately, it moves a lot slower than I'd want. And I'm pretty impatient. So sometimes that's been intolerable. But, um, you know, you get on. Yeah. So I noticed I was looking at the, the um, heat sheets for, for the state championship because mm-hmm. I was doing some research for this I'm podcast. I'm so proud of you. And I noticed I was looking at the, the records and state records and everything. Carmel hasn't. Like every single state record, except for I think like one. It was a couple of years ago. I'm trying to think who who. Oh, uh, the one would be um, the 100 breaststroke. But yeah, they, was the girl? Who was the girls? Yeah, the 100 girls breaststroke is a girl that graduated last year. She's at IU. Her name's Emily Weiss from Yorktown. But yes, Yorktown. That's but it. But you're right. Um, of the 11 swimming events, they and have 10, they, 10 state got, records. They've got like not freshmen who are like seated first and things. And mm-hmm. It's just it's crazy. But you know, I think it's good. You have there's kind of something to shoot for. You know, and, and yeah, those and I don't know how close knit the community and other sports are but um those guys uh at carmel have been more than giving with uh a information and supportive uh towards me like if i need anything i I always call them uh i do view like chris plum is somewhat of a mentor um and there's 
a lot of his, even though he's never even visited our pool, there's fingerprints of his program here. Um, I, I'm not in the business of reinventing the wheel. Right. Um, I'm trying to expedite the process and get us as, as close as we can, as quick, quick, quickly as we can. But um, I don't know. Like I think that that's probably a good thing to have them in our state, not a bad thing. So I don't necessarily look at um, them as, as this enemy, and certainly I don't need them to get any worse. We just need to get better. I like it. I like how that sounds. I concur. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it's definitely like you said it's definitely not a bad thing to have something to shoot for. Mm-hmm. Like just having that goal there, like I'm sure it I'm I'm guessing you don't mention them like during practice and stuff, but the kids know. The kids know that like that's out there and they have to work harder if they want to get to that goal. So having that out there is definitely not a bad thing. No, not at all. Mm. Not at all. So well, you got any more questions? I do not. No. All right. Well, we're a- done here you uh that was easy i know you cut through it hey actually let's talk about the pacers real okay, quick let's let's do what, it what do you think halfway through the season a little over halfway through the season well obviously performed a lot better without vic than than we ever thought i mean those free agent Absolutely. signings they've all panned out really really yeah. well um pretty excited about malcolm brogdon i i've yet to watch he and vic be cohesive with one another so i'm, I'm kind of excited to see it's a pretty long backcourt um yeah. But uh, who would have thought that Domo was going to be this good at this time? It's, I mean, I feel like he makes Miles expendable this summer. It's I, funny that you say that because I was going to say that, and then Miles is such a great guy but, that I feel dirty saying yeah. that. No, he's taken such a great route in our community, like mm-hmm. in Indianapolis, and you can tell yeah. that he likes being here. But man, he's. I, I think uh, he I was know. a lot. He was on the trade block. I read something where he was on the trade block. A lot of people were asking mm-hmm. about him just before the the trade deadline. I think this summer, I mean, I don't, you know, one of those two is going to have to sit at the end of the game. And, For sure. And it's just like, how do you justify to either one of them, hey, you know, either Domas or, or Miles, hey, you're going to be sitting at the end I of the game. I think, like, just, the other day I was reading, you know, the analytics suggest you can't have two non-shooters on the floor at any given point in time in today's NBA. And um, you, you're exactly right. I, I know that we've trying to force the situation in terms of playing them both at the same time, but I'm not I'm not sure that it, a situation exists where we can afford to do that. Right. Um, now, I mean, again, the signings that they they made over the course of last year have been unbelievable. I mean, looking back on it, yeah, they got paid to take T.J. Warren. Yeah, it's basically, amazing. it's amazing. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the Suns were coming from without that trade, but nevertheless, I mean, obviously they're. Yeah. What, what is it? One man's uh, trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, absolutely. Did, did you see um, the Pacers were trying to trade TJ Leaf? No, but I, I wouldn't I be offended. That. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> somehow that guy. Some somehow he's got Indiana ties. I'm trying to remember. What his, his dad. Was. His dad played. Okay. Uh, high school up in uh, the region, I think. Okay. I think because at one was. time IU was involved in the recruitment yep. of that kid, and then, yeah. of course he ended up going to UCLA. But yeah. Um, and that's that's that was the beginning of my relationship with him. Yeah. And then moving forward, like that. I've had yeah. really quite a lack of relationship with him recently. Yeah. So you're uh you're you're from IU. Yeah. So IU basketball. We'll just touch on that real quick. What do you um, think about what do you think about that? I'm I'm worse I'm worse than mad. I'm worse than uh than <laughs> hateful. I'm worse than all that. I'm I've I've now graduated to apathy. Yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really pretty disgusting, and um, I'm not proud of it. Uh, but my friends, we've still, of course, got a group chat about it. But uh, I don't know if I've responded in this thing in the last 
I don't know, maybe ten ball games. Mm. Yeah, they now they play tonight. Yeah. I'm trying to call it up what time they play tonight. I don't know if they play. It, My, like if they play at seven o'clock tonight, I've got. Yeah, I'll probably. But if it's like nine or nine thirty, like one of those games, I, I don't. I can't make that happen. Hear me out. I think I'd rather watch HGTV. Oh man. <laughs> You can get some good products on HGTV, but you can't really get a good product from uh, IU basketball right now. A- amen to that, brother. Yeah. And uh, do you trust Archie? Do you have faith in Archie? I did. I'm I still did. on the Archie train. <laughs> I'm still. I'm still on the but Archie train. But they brought back Bobby Knight, and that's uh, all they talked about the yeah, whole time. It's it's too bad. It's a sad state of affairs when. When you get run out of your building by Purdue, and I don't know if anyone's all that ticked off about it. Did you hear the the podcast with Pat Knight? Where he, no. was, talking, he was talking about him coming back. And did you know Bob Knight addressed the team before the game? No. And Pat Knight was like, he was great. Like he sounded like the old coach. He said, he they got the PG version. Mm. And he said we got the X version, <laughs> but they got the PG version. I run. And I was like, I'll, and they I'll, still I'll run came your butt so like you can't that. eat supper. Like yeah, that the, line. If you don't want to recover, Greg Graham. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to recover, Greg Graham. <laughs> that's about all you can say. Well, I can't say any more of those lines. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's it. That's it. So, all right. Well, uh, I actually have a follow-up question. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. it's okay. I mean, you can't name drop Emperor Palpatine in a podcast and not expect a Star Wars question. Okay, it's what just, is it? It's just kind of how it goes. What's my question? All right. I guess, what were your thoughts on Star Wars Episode Nine or the entire new sequel trilogy um your perspective what i guess do you think? i'll keep it as short as i can mm-hmm. um i don't think it deserved near the hate that everyone seemed to indicate okay uh, i was entertained there were uh, i'm not sure what whether their mission or their vision for the series at the very beginning matched what it ended up becoming i concur with that and yeah. i think the anytime you're switching directors uh you know you're probably at risk for that to happen mm-hmm. um the ninth one I thought was good. I thought it was a little bit of f- fan service, um, and I thought that it jumped very quickly from scene to scene. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of got whiplash. That first hour is just like, okay, we're going here, we're going here. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and of course, like I think anyone could follow it. It just felt a little rushed, mm-hmm. um, kind of like Game of Thrones season uh, season eight. I also agree with that. Um, yep. But anyways, uh, like I guess if I could surmise, like my biggest problem with it would be you know, for something so big as Emperor Palpatine to come back, I felt like that part of the story was incredibly underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought that maybe my my opinion would be fixed after I saw it the second time. Um, but I, I still feel like you you can't make that big of an announcement and just put it in the stupid credits. I concur. Or the the rolling the rolling the crawl. Story like, yeah. yeah, the crawl. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Yeah, I think that the biggest problem is definitely. I feel like they didn't plan it from the beginning. They, they, I think they went movie to movie mm-hmm. and didn't have like a mapped out roadmap because they could do it with the Marvel stuff. Like you, they, they had an idea of where they wanted to go, but yep. I feel like they course changed three times. And you know, interestingly enough, I don't, I, I don't think I share popular belief on this one. Uh, I thought the Mandalorian was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I was entertained every single hour. However, like the, the lack of a, uh, uh, storyline like that that progressed was a little lackluster okay and we got a little bit of character development with the main main character mm-hmm. um but i'm not sure we got much else outside of that mm-hmm. and i i don't know if their their job in the first season is to pose a lot of questions that will be answered later mm-hmm. um but i i don't know if i was as big of a fan as everybody else was like i said i'll 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it again, but I'm not writing home to mom about it. <laughs> I feel like the it definitely was a lot more serialized than stuff we're used to now, especially with like Game of Thrones and stuff like that, where it's, it's one story the whole time. Uh-huh. I feel like since it was weekly, yep. that problem was a little bit more amplified because you couldn't just click next on the episode and it's right there. That's fair. And you just get the characters back again or when you see the next story for the Mandalorian. Yeah. I feel like if it, if it was released kind of all at once, maybe those problems would have been lessened. But I, I love the fact that we had to wait around for it. I like that. I like that more because then you get time to like talk about it yeah. and time to catch up. Whereas if they drop it all in one day, you're like, oh God, I got to watch nine hours of TV tonight or I can't look at Twitter. <laughs> I think I think that model, that Netflix model is probably going to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is a rush for content, but you know, Netflix made a lot of money doing what they do. But like as it projects over time, I'm not so sure that it, it I mean, it, there is limited money that you can spend on the content. I know they've, they've got like $300 mm-hmm. billion dollars or whatever, but I don't know if shows will continue to drop like that. Uh, as I think that this Mandalorian model is probably a little bit more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Well, if you couldn't tell, I did not watch this. <laughs> uh, Unbelievable. Not You're not movie. a nerd boy? I uh, do not. I'm not a Star Wars fan. I like to say no, that uh, this section of my brain is meathead and this side is nerd boy. And so together, <laughs> That's like. That's my, my classroom. I've got football stuff. Yeah. And then there's Star Wars and Marvel stuff. And I think the kids' heads explode because they're like. You played sports and you like Star Wars. You can't be both. Exactly. It's like, yes, you can, children. <laughs> I did not. I'm not a Star Wars. It's person, okay. So. We still kind of like you. Oh, thanks. That's your kind of like. <laughs> kind okay. of like is a bit exaggerated <laughs> now. I appreciate that. Though. I can't All right. Well. That. All right. Well, uh, Zach, good luck this weekend. Thanks uh, to your team. Not Thank you very you. much. You're not really no, doing you're not doing anything. I don't anything. do anything. That's what when uh, when whistling. I used to coach and people would be like, hey, good luck. Like, oh, I just kind of stand anything. there. <laughs> I don't, like, everything's done now. And then uh, next week, next Thursday, is that the boys sectionals? Yep, beginning of the boys. And then uh, Thursday and Saturday, and Saturday will be Saturday is when kings are crowned. So, Beautiful. Right. So, uh, yeah, we will see you all sometime, probably next week or something like that, whenever Chaz and I rile up the next guest. We know – we, one we're going to have to go after now, Mr. Kate Oliver. Go after him. So if you're listening, we're coming after you. Not in this pool. Prepare for it. You're way faster than us. All <laughs> right. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you later. All right. See you.